you know, we talk about goal setting here. Just tell us a little bit about why that's so important. Everybody's got responsibility for themselves, mm. and that that doesn't stop with age. You know, the, there's going to be very, very little state support out mm. there. Well, then Freedom Day. So we've talked about it. Look, I mean, let's see what it looks like on the day. I think it's going to be certainly a day, but how much freedom we'll wait and see. But what are you looking for? Are there things that we've not been able to do that you're looking forward to being able to do? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another True Potential Do More With Your Money podcast. It's episode 77, and it's the 16th of July. We are just days away then from freedom by somebody's definition. But today we want to talk about your freedom, your retirement freedom. What are the things that you can do to retire in style? And for that, we've got three people in the studio today who know everything there is to know about style, except where to find it. We've got Jeff Casson here. We've got uh, Mark Henderson in the house today, and Phil Irvin is back on the podcast. Hello, Phil. Hello, Peter. Welcome back. Thank you. Is everyone all right? Is everyone shaking off the, the football blues, or in your case, the football joy? Well, I'll not say anything on that front with this. <laughs> it's been a, a rough old week, Mark, for some people, hasn't it? But we've managed. Uh, it hasn't been easy. We've tried to keep um, most Scotsmen out of this office for a week, Peter, yes. but we haven't succeeded. <laughs> no, not at all. Jeff, I was going to ask a question, actually, later on, but I'll ask it now. Have you been, as a Scotsman, have you been uh, buying more Italian stock this week, or as you work for an English based company have you been uh, flogging it what have you been doing i've been keeping myself well diversified the way we keep the portfolio so oh. maybe a little bit of italian a little yes. bit of english it's a very good answer and good very answer. message uh phil have you had a, a good week yes i've had a good week I, I watched the football but it was disappointing but what are you going to do about it nothing nothing exactly. whatsoever and that will be the only mention on the podcast today of any kind of football in fact there is a red button under here for a graham norton style effect so anybody who mentions <laughs> it uh will go straight over so we'll not get into that um we're going to talk about freedom today to retire in style, as I mentioned, and the sort of things that people can do, our viewers and, and listeners can do, and also from an advisor point of view, perhaps the kind of conversations that you might be having with your clients around, um, yeah, some of the steps that people can take to get themselves into a position where they could retire either early or retire in a little bit more comfort. So we'll get into some of that uh, very shortly. But Jeff, um, tell us about the week that was on yeah. the markets. Um, so I suppose from, from markets this week, it's pretty much not a lot has changed over the course of the week and it's not often that we can can say that but this week there's been a lot of news flow but even with all that news flow in the in the background we haven't seen any really significant reaction in equity markets equity markets still up over the course of the month up a little bit over the the course of the week really there's a couple of the themes that we've touched on in morning markets that we've touched on in, in these podcasts over the the past number of weeks really to the fore there a couple of those just to mention COVID, Delta variant seems to be coming a bit more to the fore in terms of market participants thinking about the risks that that may or may not have to, to growth, to confidence, particularly as you, you allude to, to Freedom Day, people going out more or not as the case may be. Mm. Um, you, know, you think about the number of people here that are getting pinged across, mm. the, across uh, England and Wales at the moment, that's taking a lot of people out of the workforce, it's having a bit of a, an impact on, on confidence to an extent there and also that's feeding into some people's discussion around the, the, the speed of recovery that we've got, will it have a, a slight slowdown mm. as, a, as a result of that and then that old sort of chestnut that we've been talking about over the past number of months really inflation and we've seen inflation numbers from both the, the US and the UK this week that really speak to, to higher levels of inflation currently yeah. if we look at the US we did an inflation reading of 
5.4% um, for the month of, of June. Strip out the more volatile components of that, uh, food and energy still up 4.9, so mm. really giving you an mm. indication of where that's got to. The UK yesterday, sorry, Wednesday, we're at around um, 25 so again, higher levels of inflation than mm. has been expected. And that's something that, as a team, we've been talking about. But in both of those numbers, when you, you look into it, um, anybody that's looking to buy a car at the moment might have noticed this. Uh, used car prices in the US up another 10% month on month. Um, and the very same in the UK, the biggest contributor to the month on month change uh, used car prices. Mm. So really that shortage that we've talked about from, from semiconductors feeding into into the auto industry really quite significantly. I think the other couple of things just to, to touch on from during the week, um, we had the Bank of England coming out and removing the restrictions on, on UK-based banks in terms of dividends and share buybacks. Unlike their, their peers in the US where we did see that regulation relaxed a little earlier, um, but six weeks ago, the US companies have moved forward with quite aggressive dividend and share buybacks. We haven't seen that in the UK, much more uh, conservative there. In the U in the Europe as well this week, ECB easing restrictions on, on banks' capital as well, so good for dividends to, to come through going forward, but again, not expecting the same sort of reaction as we saw from the, the US banks. Maybe the other thing, just to, to touch on, uh, Chinese economic data, very good again, yeah. um, continues to be, be pretty robust and sort of in the face of what some are thinking about as, as a slowing down in activity there. Close to 8% GDP growth for the, the second quarter. And I suppose importantly, it's not just the, the export side of the economy that's doing well, but also we're seeing retail sales come in much better than expected. So mm -hmm. around 12% versus the 10, 11% that had been expected. So a lot of background yeah. Things happening, not a lot happening in the, the broad equity markets, probably more in the bond market where we're seeing it mm -hmm. and there's a bit of a divergence in, mm -hmm. in views in the bond market, but I'll not go into that just yet when we come on to that as we, as we go through the discussion. Sure. People watching and listening will have picked up on the inflation point in, on Wednesday, as you, as you rightly said. Um, it was you know, certainly dominated a lot of the news on Wednesday. 2.5%, what does that mean in terms of where we've been over the last, say, 12 months? Just put it in some context for us. Yeah, so it, it's if we look back in, in history um, over the last 10 years, we're probably at the highest level we've been since around 2017, 2018. Mm. So it's, we've moved up, yeah, but we've not moved up dramatically. And I think that's the important point to, mm. to, to keep in mind here. Mm. And a large part of it, as I said, is some of those transitory effects that hopefully will wash their way through yeah. as we start to see supply chains less disrupted, we yeah. start to see a normal economic environment. That being said, um, what you also have to think about is if this continues for longer, mm -hmm. does it then feed into other areas of the economy? So mm -hmm. one, two areas that really I think we're watching is what happens with food prices. Yeah. I think all of us would say if we've been in the supermarket recently are certain areas that you've seen price inflation start to come through. If that becomes much more broad-based, then that becomes more of an issue for us to, to consider. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not the case yeah. uh, at the moment. So the other aspect is just what happens with wages. If we mm -hmm. start to see inflation stay at that higher level, well, there are certain areas of the mm -hmm. economy whose salaries will increase by inflation. Mm -hmm. That then does, does yeah. then have a, a pass-through effect. So it's certainly something to be aware of. And perhaps the million dollar or the 2.5 million dollar question is, are you, do you think we're seeing inflation 
now on an upward trend for the for the medium term. Jeff, do you think there's more of this to come? I think it's it's too hard to, to say. You know, trying to forecast inflation is <laughs> is, a, is is an impossibility. Yeah. And I think you you've seen that over the past twelve months. Mm. You look at back at the expectations that economists have had mm. relative to that, which has been delivered, and it's been so far removed from the the reality. So, trying to to forecast down to one number when if you look at the in the US for example you comes out of the the, the bureau there you've got a five to ten page document yeah of every single line item that they're measuring the price for mm. to, to try and forecast yeah. that it's an, it's an impossibility but it's the, it's the point that we often make on the podcast and, and in other material that we produce around if you're the, the it, I guess what it does is it puts back in the back in the frame this idea that if you're getting 0, 0.0 something something in the bank, interest on your savings, yeah. you've got to be beating 2.5% to be getting any real yeah. growth. Yeah. And no one's getting that in the bank. You know, yeah. I'd be amazed if anyone can point to any, even a short-term account that can deliver that kind of no. interest. So we'll get into some of the things that you can do. That's the point of the podcast today. What are the things that you could do to, to get a better than 2.5% uh, result? But Mark and Phil, just one thing that uh, Jeff talked about there was um, Freedom Day on Monday. It's freedom of sorts, if you don't mind still wearing a mask and having a Perspex screen around where you work and if you've got no intention of having a foreign holiday anytime soon or uh, those sort of things it's potentially freedom but I mean it's a real issue from people running a business you know people off getting pinged people not able to come to work I mean what is what is the impact at the minute on just trying to run a business from well, people you talk to and of course your own experience I think if you if you look at the press that we've seen this week Peter there's been two real big examples of, of, of the effect of the mm -hmm. the NHS app pinging people you've had Nissan locally mm -hmm. where 10% of the workforce aren't working mm -hmm. and the the way that Nissan run on a just-in-time basis it must be a nightmare to try and plan around that yeah. and the second one that hit the headlines on on Tuesday morning was the effect at Heathrow of Monday morning where you know the the security staff were so um well less people in than they would have liked if we put it that way now that might have had something to do with a certain football match on sunday evening <laughs> running late but <laughs> where's that button mark we did say anybody <laughs> that mentioned it <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know the the, the effect that he threw there if people trying to get through security it was backed up mm. now I came through Gatwick, Peter, three three weeks ago, and it was exactly the opposite of that. Mm. It was absolutely superb experience at, at another major London airport. Mm. But it is very, very difficult to run business mm. when when uh, people are, are being told to stay away for 10 days. We, we've handled it here very well. Mm. You know, we haven't had anything like that, that sort of number of yeah. people not in. But the way that True Potential worked remotely, that we, we you know, we saw that last year. Mm. It, it, um, it wouldn't we, be a problem anyway. Not a problem anyway. But, but it's an extra consideration that you, absolutely. on top of everything else that businesses are trying to cope with. No, quite right. Uh, and, and from an advisor point of view, if you're just thinking about your side of things, talking a lot to advisors, you know, maybe looking at the positive side we just mentioned there is whether advisors have to go out and see their clients or, or whether they won't choose to work remotely, whether clients can have people around or not. To some extent, the technology makes that... It's not a it's not a critical issue because the advisor and the client everything's online can be on the app it can all be done there's no disruption that has to occur because of that yeah that's correct I mean they they have the option of going to see them if everybody hasn't been pinged etc mm. but if they are and obviously you know business needs to continue people need to make contributions or savings or mm. what we're talking about today they have the ability to do it and I think that's definitely some of the learning that we've we've taken from the last eighteen months. Um, and that's what's put a lot of our advisors in good stead. So there's been no disruption that I've heard of from all of our advisors. I think clients have been serviced and looked after well. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, let's get into some of the sort of topic today around what are the things that people listening and watching can do to to get their own freedom. Forget whatever kind of freedom comes around next week, but let's think longer term, the, the, a retirement freedom and a kind of retirement that people might aspire to. Let's, I mean, we'll just go around the table. We'll keep with you, Phil, for, for now. What would be the, you know, we talk about goal setting here. Just tell us a little bit about why that's so important and why, if you like, you know, and, and the process that advisors and that we walk our clients through, it all, of course, starts with that initial goal. Mm. So in the context of a, a retirement that you might want, tell us why goal setting is so important and, and what it means. Uh, Goal-based investing is really important, or goal-based saving, or whatever you want to deem it as, in so much that you need to have a target, you need to have an objective in pretty much everything in life. Like when I got in the car this morning, I did have the you know the aim of coming to this office, yeah. otherwise I would have ended up in, in Darlington. But you, you need to know where you're going, and you need to keep on track with where you're going, because um, obviously if you keep it invested, sometimes you can get ahead, which is great, and sometimes you can get behind, and you need to keep looking, um, at where you're at on that journey and making adjustments in terms of whether you put a lump sum in or maybe increase your contributions for a short period of time and that really is vital to, to getting what you want yeah. out of say it's a retirement goal. And, and how important is it to, to have to put some numbers around that as well because of course if a goal was simply to you know pack in work at whatever age 60 or something and, and enjoy a nice comfortable retirement without some numbers around that and of course the the, the process that our advisors would, would take our clients through will be very much around, well, what does that mean numerically? So can you give us a feel for what what numbers should people be thinking of in terms of a, 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 a retirement pot and, and what does that mean in terms of, if you like, regular savings? I'll tell you what, Peter, the, the, the way we've looked at it in the past is to say, right, if, you, if you're looking to get, say, £30,000 a year mm. pension, just do a multiplier yeah. and say, right, 5%, mm -hmm. if that is the return that I need to get £30,000, how much lump sum do I need? And it's at times by 20. Yeah. So if it's £30,000 per annum pension, you need £600,000. Mm -hmm. And it's, you, can, you can use that yeah. as, as the starting point for your goal. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable, actually, when you, you do those numbers. I mean, they're quite right. That, that is exactly the way to think of it. But I was reading last week, I think, that the average pension pot in the UK is you know well under a hundred thousand yeah. pounds yeah. in terms of where people are right now. Of course, that's only a, a moment in time, and there's you know these these uh, these sort of averages in a, in a way is to give you a very poor picture of actually what reality is. But but those kind of numbers, there's a lot of people in the country who'll be well off um, the sort of sums you'd be talking about. So yeah. you know there's there's, there's clearly yeah. this kind of podcast around what can you do is very well timed. But I suppose there's a lot of that comes down to when you start. Yeah. yeah. So trying to encourage people mm. to start as early as possible mm. and I know it's a hard decision to do well do I put some money into my pension or do I go out tonight yeah well actually if you even do that once mm. every four weeks and yeah. don't go out but put some into your pension that's going to stand mm. you in, a, in, in great stead going forward yeah. because of that power of compound absolutely it was not the one to steal a, um, a story that we might be doing shortly um, but it was around if you were to forego well as, as the country opens up and people go back to work or people have certainly been coming back to work for the last few months but this idea of a new kind of way of working where you might work say in an office three days a week and work remotely say a couple of days a week yeah. Yeah. versus going to the I'll not name any brands but versus popping into the sandwich shop and blowing five or six quid a day you know, those two days when you're now not doing that, if you were to forego that on the three days that you're still at work, an, imp an impulse save, we'll talk about that shortly, but impulse save that because you made your lunch at home, for example, yep. the saving over, you know, that little and often over over 20 years or so at a yep. decent rate of growth that we'll come on to would more than get you that figure I talked about, yep. what is the average pension pot? So just, yep. you know, the point is you don't need to have 
hundreds of thousands to put in at one go. As you rightly say, Jeff, a few pounds here, perhaps saved by not having, you know, the sandwich or doing that twice a week, not five days a week. That can be the thing that over time makes a huge difference. It can do, Peter. I don't know if you remember a few years ago we did a, a staff meeting and used an example of one of the, the large fast food restaurants and said, right, if you, if you took a burger and chips with a large drink yeah. once a week and, you, you know, you're in your early 20s, and put that that money away, you'd have over two hundred thousand pounds by the time you come to retire, mm. given growth rates that we've seen over the past. Sure. And it's just that little bit there. Mm. And you know, we we run a workplace pension scheme here. Mm. The average contribution that goes in is one hundred and fifty three pounds per month. Now it's a great start having that workplace pension, mm. but one hundred and fifty three pounds a month is probably the same that most people pay on Sky or cable TV or, yeah. or whatever. By the time you look at your expenditure. And the, the, the workplace pension, the, the, the thing is that comes out mm. of your pay before, you, before it hits the bank account, so it's yeah. not really noticed. But it, it can suck people into a false sense of security that mm. I've, I'm saving for my pension, I'm saving for my retirement, mm. that's it, I'm done. Now, it's very easy for us to sit here and say, oh, don't spend and don't do yeah. that. And it, everybody's got to live, you've got to have a bit of fun. Mm. But 152, 153 pounds a month, just try and put a little bit more, as you've yeah. illustrated therein, yeah. and it'll all help when it comes to, mm -hmm. to your retirement mm -hmm. pot, because nobody else is going to look after you. Mm -hmm. You've Absolutely. got to look after yourself. Absolutely. How that's an interesting way to think about it, actually. Just if you're not travelling to work, you're yeah. not using that, yeah. you can quite easily set up direct debit or impulse mm -hmm. save, whatever, to say, well, th that's what I would normally spend. I'm mm -hmm. just going to impulse save that there and then. So. Yeah. Not just your lunch, but maybe your commuting costs as well. If you train, bus, yeah, stuff that you things know, that you're not using. Those were, days. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're you're right to say that. You know, you've got to have a bit of fun in your life, but there are things yeah. that were costs about yeah. you know yes. which you could, yeah. if you like, redirect those. So I think maybe what often puts people off is this idea that well, I, you know, if, if I'm not saving hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds, is it really worth it? And the answer is yes. If you've got mm. over a time horizon, if you're invested yeah. in something, um, getting you well above that inflation, and you can. Keep at it, and the little and often that we talk about pound cost averaging. In other words, just you know, doing it, doing it regularly, and not worrying too much around timing markets and all the rest of it. Just chipping away, chipping away over time does. Phil, you're a smart guy, Phil. I mean, you know, a clever bloke. Uh, yeah. Uh, how old were you when you started uh, saving for your pension, Phil? Were you one of these? We talk about you know, start early. Did you start early, Phil? Uh, probably not early enough. Uh, <laughs> when I was about 25, I started taking life a bit more. Yeah. Seriously, that was ten years ago. So, oh, yeah. But agreeing with everybody that the, the best thing you can do is start early. Time time is the the best aid for saving towards something. As we've said, you, you put small amounts away. The more time you have, the more it can compound. Especially if you invest it with the likes of these gents here, um, and 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 even small amounts can really add up when they begin to compound. And especially if you're younger. I don't count myself in this company more. <laughs> you can afford to take potentially some more risk and potentially get a higher return because yeah. you don't need to necessarily access the monies for mm. a long period of time. But you do need to start doing it because I, I read this morning that I think the average UK person will outlive their pension mm. provision by 10 years. So people need to put yeah. money away without trying to be a doom monger. <laughs> no, <laughs> you do very well. Well, I do very well. <laughs> we all play our role, Mark. <laughs> uh, and let's just talk a bit about the, you know, Phil mentioned there, Jeff, getting a good, a good rate of return, a good growth. I mean, and which links to the risk point, doesn't it? And yeah. and, and obviously, uh, again, I think risk is something which is perhaps 
poorly understood or, or, or has, you know, seen in, a, in only in the negative. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be cautious. I'll be, why in your 20s and in your 30s and perhaps even in your 40s, you've got, you know, a long time till you need to access that pension pot. So, you know, yeah. you can afford and you should take potentially, you know, with with advice, of course, uh, a bit of a, you know, a fair amount of risk earlier on when you've got the time to, well, is, to is be it, able is to it risk it or is it you're taking the opportunity yeah. that's afforded to you yeah. by time? Yeah. So that opportunity of, of taking a longer term view of taking potentially more risk within the, the way mm. you think about allocating your capital yeah. is afforded to you because you've got that time yeah. and that time horizon is there and it's, it's well worth thinking about using it mm. but for everything where there is increased risk or increased volatility is probably the way to think about yeah. it the couple of the things that we've touched on already help navigate mm. that because if you're saving on a regular and frequent basis yeah. you're able to take advantage of volatility on the downside that allows you to buy buy in a, a cheaper price and benefit mm. from that, that that recovering over time, and then it allows you to to, to spend that time to allow that that to accrue and compound mm. as well. So, I think risk, as you rightly say, Peter, does have that negative connotation to it, but I think it's also about the opportunity that yeah. that volatility does present mm. to longer term yeah. savers. And I think it was mentioned on the podcast it. last week. There's a risk in being too cautious and, and not yeah. taking enough if you see what I mean so but if you just give us some of the numbers then that we talked about we talked about inflation we talked about bank rates I mean what sort of performance are the other are other are true potential portfolios say which is where people's money could yeah, be invested so it, would be invested if, if we look at our, our balance portfolio over the last five five years and we look at annualized returns mm. we're talking about 6.7 6.8 percent on an annualized basis so yeah. that's after costs so we compare that to where we are with inflation that's offering yeah. our clients the ability to hit their goals yeah. and to, to do that and if you think about compounding up at six seven percent mm-hmm. versus putting a hundred pounds in the bank and seeing inflation at two and a half percent one year's time mm-hmm. you're looking at 97 and a 97.50 in terms of your, your purchasing okay, power yeah. so you, you you're seeing that being eroded whereas you're seeing positive after cost growth in the performance of being exposed to riskier assets and that's mm. what you need to have that exposure to earn a earn a positive return. Yeah. I think the other thing to bear in mind Peter is that, that you know talking about figures you've got 20% which is the contribution that the government make to every mm. pension yeah. that mm. is saving that people make so on, on top of the compounding yeah. you, you're getting that going in as well yeah. so you know whilst that's still here yeah. don't waste it absolutely. take it yeah absolutely Impulse save, I wanted to talk about that because that is the way, that is the mechanism that if you can, as we say, cut back on that sandwich and if you just, if it's not all, you know, save on the petrol cost and, and invest it instead, impulse save is the tool yeah. that enables, enables you to do that. And um, I'm determined on the podcast that someone, not me, is going to demonstrate how we do an impulse save, uh, Mark, in real time. And I happen to know you do have your phone with you. So would you like to demonstrate an impulse save for our viewers and show how quickly it can be done? It's going to be, uh, yeah, I can show you, Peter, no problem at all. Oh, I haven't got my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how everybody always says that when we... Uh, there we are. Yeah, it's got his phone. We'll, we'll get Graham and Katie to run a little stopwatch in the corner just so we can see how quick it takes. But, I mean, this, just while Mark's, uh, you know, loading it up and all the rest of it, this is how quick it is to be able to take the few pounds, whatever else, and invest it in some of Jeff's portfolios and start getting those kind of growth returns that we've talked about. And, and then, it's you know, you're looking after your future. But go on, Mark, take it away. Well, Peter, it's actually done. In the space of the few seconds there that you were doing that, that's money that's invested. It's money that's safe. It's now money that's there. Well, you can show. 
the, the green the green tick. That's money that's now in on its way into an investment that you know that's taken care of. That's right. That's giving, giving you a bit more freedom and style in retirement. Absolutely, that's money out of my bank account now into the investment portfolio, and it'll be invested split across all of the funds that I have within within the portfolio and true mm. potential there. Yeah. So it's it's as you say, Peter, it's extremely quick. And as you were talking there, I wasn't counting the clicks, but you know uh, you're probably talking less than than thirty there. I, I think it's probably yeah. less than twenty well, by the it, time it. it, 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 it done. It's it's the equivalent in in investment to the Amazon that everyone knows, which is, you know, a couple of clicks, choose what you want, off you go, and it's and it's in it's at the front door the next day, yeah, that's invested, you know, in the yeah, same exactly. sort of process. Yeah. Um, you know, think of it like that. But I mean that's the benefit of technology that we talked about before and whether you're an advisor and, and the power that's in your client's hands or you're the client yourself, that's what technology can do. It is. That's um the usage of impulse save has increased year on year ever since we've brought it out. Primarily last year and into this year, the trends are fantastic. I think 300% increase when we were looking at the stats the other day, yeah. year on year. And why is that? Well, a lot of it was down to last year where we discussed it earlier. People had to use technology to mm. transact business. And what we find is with most behaviours is once you've done it once, you lead the horse to water, then the horse, without trying to give an equine tone here, they, they can self-serve and put money away as yeah. and when they need to. Um, because it's, it's a good idea and it's an easier way of doing it than having somebody come around your house and pick up a check. If, he, if Mark had to write a check there, we'd, we'd be here a long time. Yeah. Uh, I, was, it, I was trying to give a horse one liner there, but I no, couldn't. Sure. Not, <laughs> not one that I want to broadcast anyway. Well, the impulse safe side, I know we're talking in July now, but the, the, the peak, not unsurprisingly, is, is at the end of the tax year. Mm. And as you say, Phil, in, in years gone by, you know, advisors would have to go around and collect checks, or those it, it, it changed so those drop-off points at local hotels, which would be open, <laughs> depending on where you were, up to ten o'clock at night or one o'clock in the uh, the afternoon or whatever. That just it takes it all away, and uh, you know that there are some deadlines which are imposed by legislation, which is the end of the tax year. But anybody can impulse save all the way through the year, and we're finding that that, that tax year end peak. Um, is reduced as people are looking at the allowances they can have mm. for both pensions and ISAs and taking advantage of the technology to, to top it up as and when with mm. the variable amount as well, Peter. Mm. You know, as you're saying there, is it, if it is the sandwich or if it is the, the, the petrol, um, you know, the, the surplus on that, just stick it away and it's done. It's, it's, it's invested and Jeff and the team are looking after it. It's also, I suppose, there is about the frequency of it as well. Mm. The more often you're doing something, to Phil's point, you, you get into the way of doing it. But in the same way as you can do it with the impulse save, if you're thinking about that longer-term retirement, let's use direct debit as well. Thinking mm. about how you yeah. can do that, just mm. have it tucked away. It just forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah. it. It just happens. And then as well, use the impulse save and those, those additional top-ups that you yeah. want to make. Just want to lift the bonnet a little bit on what happens now to Mark's pound that he put in there on impulse yeah. save, because it now comes into your... Responsibility, if you like, and the team's responsibility yep. to now invest that. And you mentioned at the, at the top about uh, diversification and yep. advanced diversification. So, you know, for for any new um, viewers and listeners to the podcast, just explain what we mean by that or what you mean by that. What what yeah. is advanced diversification? So, so from our perspective, that advanced diversification is about the ability to use multi-asset investing. Uh, to, to really diversify the holdings that you have in, the, in a portfolio. Mm. If we think about what was traditional diversification, it was a portfolio that just had bonds and equities effectively in it, maybe some cash and then a little bit of property. That 
eventually moved out into much more of an international context for maybe a UK specific and then using the advantages of various different managers as well as what we view as, as advanced diversification. Why is that important? Because not one individual is going to know where, how the market is going to evolve. Yeah. People have different views. We see that all of, all of the time. So if we think about that in our perspective, that's about using different managers mm. with different styles, mm. different ways of implementing mm. within portfolios to ensure we're getting that level of diversification for our our end clients and if you think about that our, our balance portfolio and just to, you know the numbers are, are quite amazing when you you dig into it and you look at the underlying holdings that somebody can have if we just dig in and unpack every single manager that we have available mm. and it's close to a hundred thousand holdings yeah. within the balance portfolio and that speaks to that real underlying theme of, of diversification mm. that's across the the managers that we use mm. so well diversified yeah. portfolios so this is it isn't it so marks the, the impulse save that mark just made that doesn't you know it's not that that pound goes straight into one one company where it's so completely it's up and down on how that company performs a yeah. hundred thousand split a hundred thousand ways you know the absolute antithesis to eggs in one basket yeah oh very much so and and that is is core to everything that we we believe in as a mm. business and it's the technology that enables that. So that money leaves Mark's bank account, drops into the platform, and then that the platform itself puts it out across each of those mm. underlying managers. Mm. And that's that's the beauty of, of having an integrated solution. Yeah. And what you've seen there, Peter, is exclusive because the, the technology is exclusive to True Potential, mm. the portfolios are exclusive to us, the funds, the managers that we use are running the, the uh, True Potential funds mm. Um, and the, 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 the funds that, that we use aren't available anywhere else. Mm. And it's giving, as Jeff just highlighted there, the diversification. So my money is spread across yeah. tens of thousands of different holdings mm. now, which is... Um, One of the other things to, to think about there is as these strategies have evolved. Typically, the multi-asset strategies that, that we're using, the uniqueness of them, they're, they're developed bespoke for ourselves. Mm. But they're typically also would only be strategies that high net worth, ultra high net worth mm. individuals would be able to, to, to get access to. Mm. Using mm. the strength of our proposition, yeah. we're able to bring those strategies to the fore yeah. for everyone. Yeah. And with Impulse Save, you're getting that from a pound. And, and as you're we getting just, access to And as we just proved, we don't just talk a good game, we, we play a good game, we're all invested, yeah. all of us yeah. around this table, and everyone else here invested yeah. in in those uh, those portfolios. I asked Phil the question before about when when Phil started uh, putting money aside, I guess from from you working in investment management, you would have been quite tuned into that very very early. I would have thought you'd have been good savers from the off. Is that right? Were you, were you putting your pennies in your money box and your? Did you have a little glass jar when you were twelve years old, Jeff? I did. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when it started. Yeah. I think actually it goes back to you know thinking about one of the things I've talked about in these podcasts before about education yeah. and how how that's conveyed. And I think if I go back and think about my own savings culture where did that come from it came from my parents who saved mm. and that's worked all the way through um, for me and again the same for for my kids mm. as well so that's you start early you get into the way a bit to, to phil's analogy once you're in that way of doing something it's just a habit isn't it, it just becomes a habit mm. yeah there's some of us in the in the room peter i'm not going to mention his name but he, he, f he finds ways or he used to find ways of, of enhancing his income Every time he went away on holiday, he'd oh, right. be buying some goods and then selling them in the car park. Oh, is that right? Mm. And it wasn't Jeff and it wasn't it you wasn't and me. it wasn't me. Oh, well. Hello, Phil. Any, uh... I think we should move on from that. <laughs> 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 so, 
just uh, enhancing your savings, weren't they? That's right. <laughs> did you impulse save your ill-gotten gains, Philip? Uh, they weren't ill-gotten, but they were definitely gains, um, and they were impulse saved in the main. I did enjoy some of said gains. <laughs> I wondered why the, your, the back suspension on your car was looking a bit... Uh, well, well, I've actually recently bought a new car. Yeah. With, uh, it's got a huge... No wonder you had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and the state I see you've gone for as mm-hmm. well. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, let's move on. Let, very, very quickly. Um, what about, we talked about, about people, you know, perhaps when you've got a longer time horizon, but what if what if people watching this are thinking, well, that's all very well, you know, people in their 20s, but I'm a little bit older than that now, and perhaps in my, my 40s onwards. You know, what is the message still the same, or are there other things that, you know, people should be thinking about if retirement's a little bit closer? For, I, uh, well, go I was just going to say, you know, I'll just go back to what <coughs> I said earlier. Everybody's got responsibility for themselves, mm. and that that doesn't stop with age. You know, the, there's going to be very, very little state support out mm. there. Um, so it, it's never too early to start, but it's never too late to stop. Mm. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'm trying to just follow that through in my head about, yes, never ever stop, just keep on going. But I mean, you were going to say, Jeff, it's... Yeah, I, uh, just, yeah, I think even if you're in your 40s and you think about life expectancy... Yeah. You're still, there's still another 40 years yeah. probably there to, to, to come so you, mm. you definitely want to think about how you're going to save because mm. in the same way you would have that mm. discussion with a 25 to 30 year old yeah. setting out that time horizon it's it's a long time horizon to think about if you mm. potentially think you want to retire at 55 and yeah. you know life expectancy is what 83, 85 mm-hmm. it's another 30 years worth of income that you need and probably moving to mm. low risk or cash at that point in time is yeah. is probably suboptimal mm-hmm. yeah definitely because there is I mean there is that consideration isn't there around you know getting getting if you like to retirement but then also there's a what do you do afterwards and you know this idea that well I'll hit retirement I'll just take all the money out and then that's my little pot of cash I mean yeah. there's a whole world of you know if you like a sensible approach to do after the point at which you you retire absolutely that's that's a very uh, that's a key point I think a lot of people have you know we talked about some of the the, the features of a pension one of it is you can get 25% of it tax-free at 55. I think that's ludicrous to do for most people. I think that it's a temptation to get a a windfall, as it were, but what you need to do when you're moving towards retirement or about to take some money from retirement, you need to look at what you actually need, not what you actually want. And typically what our advisors feed back to us is most clients don't need anywhere near that amount of money because Mm -hmm. typically they've paid off their mortgage, they've paid off their car, they've they don't have any outgoings by that point, or at least one hopes. So the amount of money that they need from their pension pot is actually not that much. Mm-hmm. So if you take only what you need out, that leaves the vast majority of that pension in the background for the next, say, 55, um, for the next 30 years if you live to 85. Again, the compounding trick we were talking about before when you're 20 and 30, that's still going on in the background. Yeah. So y- you can actually live to the point where you can be taking an income from your pension mm. and subject to performance, it's still growing in the background. The clock doesn't stop on the no, on the correct. work being done to yeah. to continue to grow what's left in there. Yeah. And yeah. if you think about just that that point, you you take that lump sum out, you've mm. you've removed the ability yeah. to compound on twenty five percent of that overall yeah. pie, which is quite a significant amount. So there's I think as, as Phil says, there's unless you're desperately needing it, there's it's very unlikely that most people actually need to go anywhere mm. near there. And that's why it's important to think about what it is you need, what is the lifestyle choice that you want mm. into and actually yeah. leaving it there, either maybe selling 
a little bit as it's required or using income in a different way yeah. um, is, is certainly other ways to think about it. Yeah. And what, what we find, Peter, is that when it comes to retirement age, pension is not the only asset that the client will have. Sure. You know, there, there, there'll be money in the bank there, there'll be, there'll be other savings. Logically, removing money out of a tax-free pension mm -hmm. fund mm -hmm. doesn't make sense if you've got other assets and other assets, I'm thinking primarily about cash. Mm -hmm. Spend the cash that you have and, and then top that up when you need to mm -hmm. with the amount that you need. Don't take too much out because whilst it is in the pension, it is growing, subject to the, 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 the market forces, but you're, you're in a tax shelter and that tax shelter is extremely mm -hmm. valuable. Mm -hmm. uh, and just, it's slightly odd question, but I mean, can you con continue paying into a, would you be able to continue paying into a pension? post say 55 you might then be starting to think about taking some out but you can carry on what are the rules around carrying on paying into a pension you, you can uh, it's a smaller amount mm -hmm. i think it's about four four and a half thousand pounds a year yeah. um if it's a money purchase pension but you, you can still put some money in which would give you a small mm -hmm. a small benefit but you can't put the same amount in so again that that raises questions you, again what we would always encourage clients to do is have a chat with a financial advisor as to when you start taking money from your pension. It's not mm -hmm. the day you turn 55, you're like, right, right yeah. here we go. Um, you might not need to do it. Mm -hmm. um, the ideal scenario for most people is they actually never need to touch their pension. I know the reality is somewhat different, <laughs> but yeah. Mark got onto it about it before. It's a great vehicle. If you if you can leave as much in there as possible, the, the, you know, there's cause that you can shelter it from inheritance tax, mm -hmm. which you can't do with other mm -hmm. products, cash, houses to, to a certain extent, it's a good vehicle for... Yeah. Uh, the broader point that having a goal, as you mentioned at the start, Phil, for, for on the way up, but then a goal for on the way down as mm -hmm. well, and, and how you then begin to, to access that and draw it down. There was some crazy talk a few years ago, Mark, wasn't there, about people splashing out on Lamborghinis, and I mean, present company accepted, that yeah. hasn't really happened, has it? No, no, <laughs> we haven't seen too many Lamborghinis on the road, Peter. And, you know, <laughs> one of the greatest things that's happened in the, the last... The last you know 10 20 years has been pension freedoms which came yeah. in in april of 2015 and it was it was the fear that everybody was just going to take take the money out of the pension buy a car and then that was it it was blown our experience is exactly the opposite of that people have worked hard for pensions they're responsible they've saved up there they want to enjoy that money yes but they're not being lavish and and yeah. doing things like that um so uh, you know you can understand to a certain extent you know where that came from but it was just so far yeah. wider the mark, wide of the mark. And, and it, it hasn't happened yeah. as, as you say i mean the, the, to be able to go and do that to, to be able to have even have the option to go and buy that lamborghini it means you've had to do a many many years probably many decades of responsible saving yeah. and just chipping yeah. away the idea that you're going to go from that mindset to be then completely frivolous with it is clearly it's a stretch well and clearly wrong yeah um yeah you can get a Lamborghini, rent one for the weekend, That's and work right. out why yeah. you don't like it, yeah. and then still have your pension. Sounds like a man who's done just that. Maybe. <laughs> also, by the time you're of a certain age, you may not even be able to get in or out Are of you? a Lamborghini. <laughs> so there's another get in, but not out. Yeah, that's, that's correct. It's <laughs> yeah. another thing to consider. Let's talk about um, your own. I'm interested in your own sort of thoughts around retirement. I mean, you know, you've talked about goal. You must have a goal. A goal for when you'd like to retire and what you want to do afterwards. What are you going to do? You're going to go and retire to a, a French chateau and, you know, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have to cross the channel to do some of that business you were talking about before. <laughs> 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 and we've got back to that subject, have we? Yeah. 
Yeah, look, retirement would be great. It's a, a fair way away for me, I would imagine. Um, I hope if I, you know, live that long. But at the minute, I'm just focused about being prudent, putting a good amount away every week, every month towards it, and just keeping a, a solid pool of money there that will mm-hmm. keep on growing, given the amount of time that demographically I should have left on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what is your? Tell us what that m- means to you. I mean. What are you? Are you once a, you know, a weekly or chipping away? Are you a monthly direct debit? How does it, how all, does it work with you? I'm all kinds of monthly direct debits uh, in the pensions and ICEs. Um, I have an impulsive habit. I have impulsive reminders. Uh, yeah, I'm a. I'm making up for the age of zero to twenty-five now, <laughs> where I'm kind of overly saving. Um, but it, we've mentioned that it's been the theme of the, the whole. The whole podcast it's not at the expense of having a life I'm, yeah. I'm not you know sat there behind closed doors yeah. with, with a candle on for the heating kind of and no sky tv and, you? i mean i don't have sky tv but so i'm already 120 pounds a month <laughs> did you impulse save the, the money that you, you you saved by driving a fiat panda for months that was not that's my better half fiat panda um we decided to scale down our cars in our household during lockdown from two to one because that's a sensible thing to do so my better half kindly let me use her fiat panda which was great and it's very good on fuel yeah so but now so, that we've so come great, out so great and so good you've got out and bought a, <laughs> a flash estate yeah what's the note to 60 on that better than the panda i would have thought slightly better um but that you know I, we, we need Two cars now. Like we're, it's Freedom Day soon, so we'll yeah. be driving here, there, and everywhere all of, all of, all of the time. But the Panda is a great car. Um, other cars are available, I'm sure. I know this isn't the BBC, but yeah, or <laughs> top, top Gear. Or Top Gear. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fuel economy w- uh, did make a significant uh, allow me to make a significant saving. Yeah. But thank you, Mark, for bringing up another subject. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why I was brought on this week. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Um, Jeff, what's, tell us about your retire. You've, what, what's your retirement dream, Jeff? Is it the Lamborghini or something else? The Lamborghini, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just what I need. Just to help me go up and down the road, and enjoy right. enjoy the open road when I get to retirement. Oh yes, I can just see with the goggles, yeah. you know, the, like, the scarf over the shoulder. Yeah. That's going to be great. Biggles. Yes, just like in a Lamborghini. Well, why not? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Those are the, the those are the visions you're getting, Phil. Maybe just maybe me, if he was driving a like <laughs> seventy year old car, perhaps. <laughs> well, a seventy year old or a 1970s Lamborghini then. All right, okay. I don't know. Let's yeah. move on quickly. Collector item then. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I wouldn't describe you like that myself. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Mark, go on. We're, we're, as we're on, the, you're not going to get off scot free on this one. What you know? What's your what, what's your retirement dream? Are you going to go and Live abroad somewhere or not? Is that not no, I don't fancy? think so. I don't no. think so, Peter. Is this a polarised argument between a Lamborghini and a Fiat Panda? <laughs> <laughs> if it is, I know which side I'm, I'm going for. Well, they're both Italian thoroughbreds. <laughs> no, well, that's right, that's right. One's a mongrel, though. <laughs> no, Peter, I think, you know, um, retirement, well, it's, hopefully it's a long time away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it does come, I want it to be comfortable. Yeah. And that's why we've put provision in place now. I know it sounds dull, you know, uh, and it, it contrived even, but that's what you have to do. You, you, 
take responsibility for your own your own income. Well, it shouldn't be boring, and it should be it, it should be fun. And the way to make it fun is to do the sort of things we've talked about yeah, quite right. uh, today, which quite is right. uh, get yourself into a good good position. Right, as we begin to wrap up, then Freedom Day. So we've talked about it. Look, I mean, let's see what it looks like on the day. I think it's going to be certainly a day, but how much freedom we'll wait and see. But uh, what are you looking for? Are there things that we've not been able to do that you're looking forward to being able to do again as of next week? I I mean. There was an element of it during the Euros, and you can hit the red button again because I'm going to talk about that. It was good to see people in stadiums and just doing normal things because it, it, it was almost alien to watch it. Um, not that I'm a massive football fan, but you know, any kind of event like that where people can go back to normal, I think it, it, it's definitely good for people's health because uh, yeah. humans are ultimately social creatures. And I think sitting at home and being super locked down, as a lot of people have forced uh, been forced to be, isn't good so I think there's an element of everybody getting back together chatting however you do that whether it's at the pub a football club a sports club or a restaurant I think that's all a positive from me yeah I think Peter that one of the things that, 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 that a lot of people have missed and it follows on from what <coughs> Phil was saying there is just actually standing at a bar yeah rather than having to have tables allocated and the spontaneity of a night out has mm. gone over the last <laughs> Completely. you know you've got a, it is a military precision <laughs> operation i've got a table here table there i'm yeah. here for two hours or whatever yeah. just being able to turn up and have a yeah. have a drink and a, a, a chat with good in good company yeah agreed agreed i think for me it's the sporting events yeah i think this week's been an interesting contrast we watched the the Lions match from mm. from South Africa on Wednesday night. Absolutely no crowd. Mm. Um, pretty disappointing from what the Lions is usually about, and the the atmosphere that goes with it. Contrast that with the Euros. You really need fans there to make it. It's not the same with the the pumped in noise from yeah. the the television. So getting sporting events back to the way they were. Yeah, totally crucial. Agree. A pint and a and a sporting event. Yeah, yeah. two of the great British. Two of the things that work together well in the pub Absolute, as well. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Good, okay. Right, well, we've got work to do. We need to go and have a look in Phil's boot and see what's in there. So while <laughs> we do that, uh, we'll say goodbye. So uh, do, don't forget to subscribe to our uh, True Potential YouTube channel. And you get more stuff like this. You get more of these kind of tips and the little things that you can do to get yourself into a better position, whether it's preparing for retirement or, or many other uh, individual goals that you might have as well. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button and loads more content on there. But for now, thanks very much for watching this week and we'll see you next time. Subscribing to the True Potential YouTube channel is quick and easy. Simply go to the channel on your desktop or through the YouTube app on your phone and click the subscribe button. You can then press the notification bell symbol if you wish to be notified as and when new videos are released. Doing this is a great way to keep yourself updated with market developments and personal finance insights. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed and we look forward to continuing to help you do more with your money.